The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Good day, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Tuesday edition of the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios. And today we're going to talk with Larry Vaught, as we do on Tuesdays. Uh, we're going to talk with Josh Moore, who covers UK football for the Lexington Herald Leaders, along as uh, as well as uh, I think doing some high school coverage this week as we get deeper into the playoffs. And an author, Jim Roddy, is going to join us. He's written a book that focuses on former walk-on athletes and how the lessons they learned can help you succeed in business and in life. And one of the former walk-ons that he uses as an example is former Wildcat Todd Swoboda from the 1993 Final Four team. So that's our guest lineup for today. Wildcat News of the Day gets us started, and John Calipari said last night on his radio show that Camp Cal will start today for his team. They uh, took their mandated day off yesterday after returning from Atlanta. So it's multiple sessions, not all of them practices, as he said. Sometimes film work, sometimes maybe just some free throw shooting. But there are two words that he talked about frequently that I'm guessing his players are going to hear a lot about and that is toughness and turnovers. And I would imagine uh, that uh, it's not going to be a whole lot of fun over the next few days for those guys because I would imagine Cal will turn up the heat on the practices a bit. He talked about uh, doing things like drills that there will be a certain number of turnovers, and and if you go over that number, uh, then everybody will have to run, um, run some kind of line drill, and uh, those aren't fun. Uh, If you played High school sports, you'll remember all the various running drills that you had to do, uh, sometimes for conditioning, sometimes for, uh, I don't think coaches call it punishment, but basically when uh, you know, you're know you not playing the way they want you to play. So that's what it's going to be like uh, now for these guys. And we'll see how the extra practice and the extra emphasis on those two topics pays dividends when they take on Notre Dame on Saturday. Uh, the Irish, by the way, play Ohio State tonight uh I'll have to look i'm not sure uh, what the tv coverage is on that but you'll be able to get a look at the, the fighting irish tonight uh ask cal about keon brooks and he said probably could be still two to three weeks away so was hopeful that that was going to be a little a different answer and that he was going to be closer uh because i do think he can be a big help for this team uh leadership wise and just kind of making pieces fit together better um, Cal says he wants to find a, a junkyard dog type of guy. In other words, an energy guy off the bench. Uh, think about what uh, DeAndre Liggins did for Cal's first two teams. Just to come into the game, uh, get loose balls, fly around uh, and get rebounds, play defense, and anything you score is a bonus. And DeAndre Liggins was superb in that role. And they're looking for somebody to fill that role. Uh, think Cameron Fletcher 
maybe, who got off to a great start against Moorhead and then his minutes have diminished and he's uh, struggled defensively. But, you know, for guys like him, uh, maybe uh, it's Jacob Toppin, somebody, the opportunity is there. The coach is looking for somebody to fill that role. And so you got to realize as a player to take to heart what he's telling you because he's looking to give those minutes to somebody and it could be you. Uh, football. We have the final, uh, Mark, I assume this will be the final Mark Stoop show of the season. Maybe there'll be another one for, uh, for a bowl game. But, um, anyway, um, obviously uh, looking back at the uh, South Carolina win, talking about the offensive coordinator job, no real insight there. Stoop said, uh, don't pay much attention to the speculation about the OCs because he's going to keep this, uh, keep a pretty tight lid on the info on this and keep his own counsel, as they say. So, he says, always, uh, yeah, I said, do you have, as, as a head coach like an AD, you always have a short list of guys for your coordinator positions that you will have in mind that you'd like to hire maybe if, a, if the job comes open. And uh, he said he had, does indeed have that list, just didn't tell us who's on it. Um, so he doesn't seem to be uh, worried about any timeline relative to recruiting. He said he felt confident that they would uh, do well in recruiting um, with uh, the players that they have commitments from and uh, any late additions. So uh, doesn't feel like it doesn't sound like he feels like any pressure to have a new coordinator in place before signing day, which is coming up quickly. UK women. Ranked number nine in the new uh, poll this week after their win over Indiana. The U.K. men are unranked for the first time since the March of 2018 season. And let's see where I saw a to fill you that uh, Tyrese Maxey has been diagnosed with COVID-19. So hopefully it'll be one of the cases where the symptoms are mild and he'll get over that quickly. So uh, we wish him well. Um, sounds like everything's going fine at the moment. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. They're in Hamburg and in Palomar with heated patio seating. So you can take advantage of that to dine at Wild Eggs right now. Or they've got delivery and curbside pickup, too. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. Josh Moore from the Herald Leader will be coming up. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Bring on Josh Moore, who covers U.K. football for the Lexington Herald-Leader. And, uh, Josh, let's uh, start with the big news uh, that uh, Mark Stoops is now looking for a new offensive coordinator as well as a new offensive line coach, that offensive uh, staff side uh, going to have a lot of new faces next year with uh, you know Darren Henshaw gone as well. So um, what do you think do – you, do you have any idea about uh, the, uh, the what the list might look like for Mark Stoops? Yeah, I think um, – you know, I, I won. I think it will be thorough just from a sense of yeah, – I think in the time that since, – since, since – you know, Coach Grand was hired by, by Stoops, and and in the you know the time that's passed since, and I mean the pro- programs obviously went to another level, and I think that's a place where you obviously don't want to slide back, and and so I think this is something that you know it sounds like it's you know you know I wouldn't be surprised if there haven't been some conversations um, that have already happened just because it, it seems like 
Eddie and him have been on the same page about this for a few weeks at least. And um, you got to expect that, that list of names to be, um, you know, I don't know if it'll be as impressive to fans in the sense of, um, you know, flashy names, but I think it'll be guys that know what they're doing and know what they're, um, you know, that are really wanting to get into this um, situation and, and try to improve things. I think you, I think, you know, Stu's talked about um, there being, you know, the NFL possibly, you know, being a, a source for some of this. And, uh, you know, I think that's something I think, um, I think that's pretty likely. I think that's just something that he'll keep his eyes on because um, he's obviously had success with the you know defensive side of the ball going you know going that route. Um, so I think that's something that he'll look at, and and it's been something he's been willing to add to his staff recently. And um, you know I think ultimately just you're going to see some guys that you know balance has been the the big word and the big need um, through most of the time. You know the last few years um, for the offense and I think that's you know what you'll get you know hopefully uh, from from whoever's hired. Last night on the radio show he uh, made it a point to say that in his last two defensive coordinator hires in Matt House and in Brad White they were guys that he did not know previously so I think initially uh, if you're speculating people tend to to look uh, at you know, guys maybe he's crossed paths with or worked with or uh, has some connection to. But, um, you know, he um, he didn't know Neil Brown before he hired him, didn't know Shannon Dawson before he hired him. I think maybe there was uh, some intersection with Eddie. But, um, you know, Brad White, uh, Matt House didn't have previous knowledge there. So um, he seemed to be um, going out of his way to say, you know, he's going to cast a wide net. Yeah, it's funny. People, and I was guilty of it too. When when we were you know kind of speculating just among other reporters and stuff that you know you're quick to go to guys you know who are from Youngstown or that he he's, he's had coaching um, you know uh, you know kind of been on the same staff as, as guys before and and that's easy to do because it's it's what we do right you know if like if I was you know looking for another job or or something you know there's a good chance. You know, if I if I was doing something like that, I probably you know know somebody or, or, or they they're coming to me. It's you know somebody else has moved on and they're coming to me because it just happens for, with all of us. So I think it's natural to to go that direction. And I'm you know I'm sure Stoops, you know I'm sure there's guys. I, I would think there's at least a guy or two on the list. If you know, cause you know it's not just a one person list. You know, there's multiple guys you have to consider and be ready for everything. And you know something falls through with your your number one guy or something, and you. You go on down the list and keep, you know, knocking doors and, and, and shaking hands and doing what you can before, you know, until it works out. But, yeah, he's had a lot of success with guys that, that he didn't have any previous relationship with. And, and I think having, uh, you know, seeing what those guys have done, you know, especially, again, House and, and, and Brad White, I think, you know, keeping that um, in mind that you don't necessarily have to know the person and, you know, you go off. I think you go through those channels. You go through, you know, you vet and you reach out to people that you do know who might know those guys and, and, and you know, and for their recommendations and what they say about them. And, and if you that doesn't, you know, and you trust your, you know, you trust your people still, but you, uh, you know, trust them to lead you the right way. And even if it's somebody that you don't know, and especially with you know, a younger guy like Brad, I think you, you look, uh, um, you're, you, you, I think it's, it's good to see that Stoops has shown a willingness to, 
kind of hand the reins over to younger guys. Um, and, 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 you know, gets, you know, not that soups, you know, he's not like an old man himself or anything, but, but he's, you know, to give like, you know, these guys opportunities that, that, uh, maybe haven't shown it before, uh, at the college level, but to, um, give them, you know, the chance to do that and, and, and succeed at a program that, you know, is uh, obviously, you know, needing, <laughs> needing them to do that. So I think it's, uh, um, I think that's something that you will continue to see with this hire. With the making the change, it uh, certainly seemed like an amicable parting um, and uh, a decision that was not an easy one for Stoops because these are guys that uh, he likes a lot, is friends with. And uh, so, was it? A, do you get a sense that this? Is a decision that's not just based on you know a, a game or two or maybe even this season that it's something where he thinks that players need a, a new voice uh, or that things have stagnated or that maybe there's a recruiting component. What's your take overall on why he made the decision? I think you might have touched on all of it, Tom. When you look at the last, you know, you know, we all we get used to what we're seeing, and you don't really focus on it too much or at least i don't you know especially last year when things were going so well and and you had kind of the 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 Bowden component and how everything played out and and what and what led to that those circumstances when you look at though at the whole time that uh, eddie and 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 and, and coach henshaw were were here they never it, they just never got it figured out with the the passing game i don't know what you know i can't say what the reasons that happened were it could be a a few different things. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it boiled down to they just never got that side of the ball or that, that, that part of the offense going. Um, the, the run game was always there. They, they, they always were having – they had a lot of success in, in that department. But nationally and within the SEC, they were always towards the bottom uh, moving the ball through the air. And I think you know that, that's a big chunk of it. I think you definitely – the recruiting part, you don't want kids to see that. You know, because they say that they're not stupid. They can read. They can Google, and 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 they have other coaches in their ears who are telling them. I'm sure. You know, why would you want to go to Kentucky? They can't throw the ball, and that you know whether that's true or not, or you know, because because it's very well the case that the problem maybe the problem was that they just needed to get a you know a fresh quarterback in there and revamp things. I mean, that that's there's always that chance, but but you don't, um, you know, you don't you you can't. You you have to if you're going to take a gamble. This is the the easier one to take, I think. If you're if you're Mark Stoops to you know to bite the bullet and you know obviously it's, it's, it's you know I feel bad for Eddie and, and Mark in a way. To, you know it does seem like it was a very tough uh, decision and and something that they kind of talked about together and and sorted through and came to this conclusion. But I think you um, you make this decision, you know thinking it's the best thing that can happen for the program and that's um so i think again i go back to i think that's why it'll be a really thorough um consideration for for stoops because uh, i think he definitely wants to get it right and and make things uh keep chugging along for uk yeah financially there's a buyout for for grant and henshaw and i think uh they together helped kentucky do a lot of very good things so i think they will both uh, find work pretty quickly, um, and um, you know, land in, in a good spot. It's just you know the thing that I think 
that uh, fans don't uh, think about as much is still you have relationships you build where where you are just like anybody would and friendships and thing you know you like you like a certain area that you like living there and you maybe would like to stay and so you don't get to and that's uh, that's part of the life they uh, have chosen but um, I think both will land on their feet somewhere pretty quickly. I would think so. I mean, they're obviously you, you, they know people, and and I mean, and, and I think it become very respected. And you know, Coach Brands have been around for a long time, and Coach Henshaw's coached for a while, and and I think you and they're both, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the buyout thing is, um, you know, it's funny. That's like it's easy for me to look at something. You know, if I'm getting paid two point three million dollars not to work, that's a pretty. Uh, I don't know. That that decision wouldn't be too hard for me. <laughs> but, um, but coaches are different, man. You, you know, they, they, they love the work. Yeah. So I, I think, I think. Of course, the thing is, you know, if they get the new job, they'll they'll get. Uh, it'll just be the, the the money will still be coming in, just a different signature on the check. So, but uh, <laughs> right. that'll probably uh, that would help out UK if they find work sooner. Uh, get it off UK's books. Josh, thank you much for the time. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. This is Josh Moore. You can read him at KentuckySports.com and the Herald Leader. Larry Vaughn will join us when we come right back on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline here on the Leach Report. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We bring on Larry Vaught. Larry got a note from a listener, Rick, down in uh, Tennessee. He says he's not ready to throw in the towel on the basketball cats. Cal has figured out early season struggles in the past. Usually Camp Cal gets them ready. Uh, Keon Brooks' injury hasn't helped. Uh, lifelong cat fan just lifelong cat fans just need to keep the faith, says Rick. And I'm sure that kind of reasoned approach is much of what you're hearing around Danville, right? <laughs> There's a lot of bailing out going on around here you know, with reasons with, with, with reasons I could understand that I keep thinking back to 2014 when I left South Carolina in, what, late February? Yeah. Thinking, boy, this team can't even win a game in the SEC tournament that I went to watch from the Final Four. So I've learned my lesson about not giving up, but I think concern is a valid sentiment right now. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I certainly un- understand the concern and the frustration. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, as they say, there's sometimes they say tweets don't age well. There's a lot of those, uh, things that don't age well when it's come to Cal over the years. So, um, history suggests that, uh, they will get a lot better. We'll see how, uh, how much, um, of the gap they can close between where they are and where they want to be. We'll uh, continue with Larry. We'll come right back. You can read him at vaughtsviews.com and hear him every Tuesday right here on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. McClark's Pump and Shop Studio. It is the Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. Larry Vaught with us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Talking about uh, UK sports. You've got a story up at uh, Vaught's Views and YourSportsEdge.com where you're right uh, with um, some comments from uh, Coach Seth Greenberg, uh, he was on with uh, our friend Michael Eaves on ESPN. And uh, Seth and Cal are, are great friends, but uh, Seth, because of that friendship, he can uh, uh, give it to you straight, so to speak, if you're a Cat fan in terms of your team. And He says they're not very good right now. 
Yeah, it's amazing. If Seth can say one thing and Dan Dockage can say the same thing, there's a big diff- difference in yes. reaction to how that comes across. But you're right, I think Seth's a very honest guy, and, he, and he's close to Cal. He likes the Kentucky program and doesn't make any secret about that. But you also have a job to do, and he was really brutal and really honest right right after the game. I think Michael Eves asked the question that every U.K. fan wanted to know, and it just turned out the Sports Center was coming on there three minutes after the game ended, and Seth was had been watching, and, and he went on and on and on. And, and as I kept listening, Tom, there wasn't anything he said that I could disagree with. And I think when you hear a guy like Seth listing so many things that the team has to get better on, and that's why, for me, it, it is a little bit more concerning at this time than what it is at some other times because, one, you're in mid-December already. You're not in early November still, and you're also – there's such a list of things. There's not just one thing. If you say this team can get fixed, then, then you can see it really turn around. They've got a lot of work to do. Now, the good thing is they've got a lot of time coming up now with Oak Ice to work on it, but they've got a lot of different things to look at. But then I also think this is a team that four weeks ago all the experts were saying if they're in the Final Four, wouldn't surprise you at all. So they can't have got that much worse. They just have to work on a lot of things and get it put back together. You know, Cal's teams are always young, so uh, that is is what it is. Uh, but there are degrees of of young or degrees of inexperienced, and uh, probably the fourteen team was the 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 one with the least experience, and they started five freshmen and uh, took a long time, as you mentioned earlier, with the the game down in South Carolina for that team to figure it out. But I went back and looked, and they had. Alex Porthers, who had played the year before, as did Willie Cauley-Stein. You had a senior, and uh, Jared Polson. Uh, you had uh, like a senior or junior in John Hood. So you had guys, scholarship guys, who uh, knew the Calipari way, if you would, and uh, could uh, give them some, some, if not leadership, vocal leadership, at least you know, showing them the, the way to do things uh, without – Keon Brooks, it was only you know walk-ons who don't go through a lot of the drills and, and don't play much that uh, this team had. So maybe we um, fully didn't appreciate the degree of uh, youth and inexperience here and how that was going to take to find a way to, to get them all to mesh. I think that's a very fair point. I think we all, or at least myself, I shouldn't say all, Speaking for myself, I think I overestimated what the impact of Saar and Mintz could be because they have played, but they hadn't played at Kentucky. And I think I probably didn't factor that in quite the way that I should have, and it's and, it, and it's shown up. And I think the other thing, thinking back to that 2014 team, they had they had some guys who were pretty physical players too. Yeah. Harrison twins were more physical guys. Julius. Julius Randall certainly was a physical guy. That's the one glaring thing about this team that kind of really worries me because you can't just make a player become physical, and they are really getting knocked and bumped around a lot and haven't played some of the really physical teams that they've got coming up. So to me, that's a much bigger concern than shooting, ball handling, anything else. How are they going to physically match up with teams that are going to be even bigger and stronger than what they faced already? Yeah, Isaiah Jackson's maybe the the one guy that seems to handle that the best. Yeah, 
and he's one that you know I kind of wondered about because everybody kept telling me that he was too slender. His high school coach kept saying not to worry about it; he will be fine. That he's really worked hard on that. And I think that is right. But yeah, they they've got to somehow adjust to being able to play through bumps and pushes. And I think they're just going to keep they're going to keep seeing zone defense. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep seeing teams be physical with them. Indeed. Uh, we're chatting with Larry Vaught, and you can read him at vaughtsviews.com. We'll take a quick break and uh, come back with one more segment. A little later, author Jim Roddy's uh, got a new book out about uh, the walk-on method to career and business success, and one of the walk-ons that he uh, talks to for this book is former Wildcat Todd Swoboda. So that's coming up a little later. Larry Vaught, one more segment will we return on the Leach Report. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and Palomar with heated patio seating. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Forty years ago today... John Lennon passed. He was uh, shot and killed outside his apartment building in uh, New York City. Uh, were you a John Lennon fan, Larry? Absolutely, Tom. I don't know how you could not be. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was watching Monday Night Football. I can remember this. I can't remember the, the exact game. I know the Patriots were involved. And a guy named John Smith, I want to say, was sent out to kick a, a field goal late in the game. And Howard Cosell made the announcement as this kick was about to happen. They got the news, and there's a, a documentary somewhere you can probably find it on YouTube about the the behind the scenes on that uh, you know decision. And I think it was Frank Gifford who who basically said you got to go with that if if it's confirmed. Uh, Cosell was actually debating whether or not he should uh, break the news at that point on the ball game, but they had it confirmed, and uh, and they ultimately because I remember just sit, sitting at, uh, up in my room watching that game and, and hearing that announcement, um, and um, yeah, just just a much different time as far as you know what's what what it would have been like you know in social media now uh, if something like that happened. Oh, a- absolutely, and uh, yeah, but it, I've always been a John Lennon fan. I always w- will be. Just a, a terrific uh, thing. I didn't I didn't really realize it had been that long. Now, Tom, time kind of flies by for the old guy here. Um, you know, and speaking of social media, I mentioned this uh, to Cal last night. That this is the first one in three start since two thousand and one, and that team came out of it uh, with Tubby Smith and a v- much more veteran team. They had a junior Tayshawn Prince who became one of the best players in the country, and they came out of it. They were a two seed by the end of the year and playing well, won the SEC. Um, but um, you know, the, there's so you can go back in time and find other stories where you know they got off to bad starts and it didn't get a whole lot better, and other times where they got off to bad starts and they came out of it fine. And I'd forgotten until I was looking. Joe B. Hall, his first two seasons they started one and three, and the first year they won twenty games and and made it to the elite eight, and the next year they ended up going thirteen and thirteen. Uh, but can you imagine you're following Adolph Rupp and you go one and three to start the first two seasons? Yeah, I remember both those uh, two seasons, and there was there was not a lot of Joe Hall fans early in either one of those seasons, and a lot of there was so much pressure following Adolph, and then to start out the way that they did. But uh, Joe weathered it. That thirteen thirteen season was really 
tough for him to, to get through. But the one good thing he had, didn't have social media back then. No social media, no no talk shows. And with social media, that is something that, you know, I'm sure is uh, – yeah, it's always an issue, the outside noise, so to speak, for coaches and their players. But I've got, I have to think it's even more so now because players have to spend so much time probably in their rooms and, you know, they've got nothing but their, their phones maybe to, to occupy their time. And so whether your coach tells you to ignore it or not, you're going to look at it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, because, I mean, I think we're all like that right now. I mean, I yeah. catch myself doing the same thing, and I can't imagine if I was younger, like what those guys or no matter how much you tell them not to, that's one of the few things they can still do. So that's a really good point, Tom. It's probably even harder during this pandemic than it was even before. Larry, let's shift to football. And what's your take on the change in offensive coordinators and what direction you think Mark Stoops will go? Well, as far what direction he will go, I really don't know. I think Mark will take his time and his hires have have been pretty good during the course of time and he's been in Kentucky so I feel pretty confident he'll find somebody that's comfortable with and will have the philosophy of whatever that philosophy is going to be that he wants going forward myself I hate to see Eddie go I think Eddie has done a good job I think he's adapted to what he's he's had he's put a good product out there to give you a chance to win, win games and I think the pandemic took a toll on what he was able to do and not do. I mean, that schedule this year, it's really, really brutal. And I just think he's he's a, a good coach and a good man. And I know it couldn't have been an easy decision for Mark because I know that they're, they're good friends. But myself, I would have liked to have seen Eddie have a chance to come back for another year. He had a lot of success in his time under some challenging circumstances, having to lose quarterbacks and reinvent things within the season. Yeah, I still think what they did last year will probably, I mean, I'm hoping I'm around to watch a lot more years of football, but I still think whenever I think back to what's one of the more remarkable things I've seen on the Kentucky football coverage, I think it's going to be what that team did in 2019 without a quarterback. Yeah, to become really a a very good team by the end of uh, that season to get the eighth win in the bowl game. Um, I, I think offensively, what I would love to, you know, I, I, there, somebody uh, sent me in a question. I didn't even ask it to, to Mark last night because I, I knew what his answer would be. Somebody uh, texted or tweeted in a question, or is he going to look for an air raid guy? And that's not who he is. And so he, he shouldn't go away from, from who he is. That wouldn't work. Uh, but I thought what they did in 2016, uh, Grant and Henshaw's first year where they ran the ball so well with Benny, Boom, and JoJo Kemp, but they also uh, could uh, throw deep play-action passes off that and hit a lot of long pass plays to Bedette and to Juice Johnson. And um, that's uh, something that, you know, with the way Kentucky probably is going to try to run the ball, they ought to be able to, to throw those kind of passes off of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, again, I guess I'm old enough to – like when you win 10 games one year and you win eight the next year, I, I don't really care what kind of offense you're doing. I, win, wins are a good thing. <laughs> and also I think there's a lot you got to value winning and remember what Mark's philosophy overall is and how he likes to go about it. And it may not be as exciting as what some other coaches might prefer, but if it wins games, 
that's kind of what it's all about. And I still like what they have done, and that's why I was uh, hoping that Eddie would get another chance to come back because I, I think even this year he did the best with, with what he could. And But I know sometimes you just have to make a change to make a change, and let's just hope it works well for everybody. Thanks, Larry. All right, Tom. You can read him at vaultsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com as well. We'll come back with author Jim Roddy in just a moment on the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Egg of Lexington. Final segment of our Tuesday show, we go back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to bring on author Jim Roddy. Jim's the author of The Walk-On Method to Career and Business Success. And, uh, Jim, you, you talked to a, a bunch of uh, former athletes who uh, were walk-ons, including one that played basketball at Kentucky on the 93 Final Four team, Todd Swoboda. Uh, what would you find out about Todd's story that uh, made it worthwhile to include in the book? Hey, Tom, honored to be with you today. Thanks for uh, for having me. So uh, what I find most interesting about Todd's uh, background was he was a great Division II player, and so he was at Northern Kentucky back when they were D2, averaging 18 points, 11 rebounds a game. He also got to play tennis for them and won a conference championship with that, and so he was the entire conference's outstanding male student-athlete, and instead of being the big man on campus for his senior year and taking the easy path, he decided to transfer uh, to uh, University of Kentucky and attempt to walk on to the men's basketball team there, had no guarantees whatsoever just uh, the opportunity there to go to uk and rick patino would give him a look and uh, he was only guaranteed that he would get a chance to finish his chemical engineering degree there so for somebody to go from a full scholarship over to a walk-on situation where he knew at best he was going to be on the team and ride the bench uh, to me that was uh, that was pretty amazing he's also carried that team first attitude over into his professional career as well so that made him really interesting and he became a, a fan favorite and made a basket. I want to say it was in the regional final down in Charlotte when they uh, blew out Florida State. It was either that game or the one before against Wake, and he scored a, a basket late. may have been a three, and the fans just went nuts. Yep, it was a three against uh, Florida State, and, yeah, everybody went, went crazy for it. And he was kind of the guy that bred that enthusiasm, right? It wasn't just because he – kept in his place on the end of the bench he saw that his role was going to be as he says work harder than everybody else and really push them as much as somebody could push jamal mashburn uh in in practice but then also just show that enthusiasm on the bench and he just said it was funny to go from he knew he wasn't going to play very much but to have uh you know games on the road the fans the uk fans chanting uh his name to hope him hope that he would get into game so yeah quickly became a fan favorite uh, what were the what were the common themes, uh, Jim, that you found in talking to these athletes who were, were walk-ons, maybe some like Todd had been scholarship athletes at other levels, and that how it translated into career and business success? Sure. So I'd say uh, some of the traits were, one, they were really willing to take a big shot, something that everybody else would tell them, you can't do that, like you shouldn't be doing that. In fact, the other chemical engineering majors told Todd, you can't play basketball and do chemical engineering. Like, it's hard enough for us to do it when we dedicate all this time. So the fact that they're willing to take a big shot, take a risk. Uh, they also did, they didn't just play with passion. Like, everybody sees the walk-ons are diving on the floor and taking charges. But it's the preparation, the extra preparation they put in, the extra work that they did in practice. And then a big thing that we saw from Todd was, you know, he knew he was going to take a way harder path 
uh, at Kentucky, but they see those obstacles. And instead of saying that's something that they want to run away from or something that they're just going to wince about, that they realize, boy, this is going to be more difficult, but it's going to make me much stronger uh, in the end. You know, it's like iron sharpens iron uh, kind of thing. They also maintain their uh, emotional control because, you know, these walk-ons are the folks who either don't get a uniform or they get an ill-fitting uniform, or if they get a uniform, their name isn't even on it or they get ignored, you know, by their their coaching staff. And uh, so they're just able to just keep fighting through those things and control their emotions. And again, those really carried on for them. You know, I had that theory going in when I started writing the book. And then after talking to uh, to 30 folks, uh, 30 former walk-ons found out that these attitudes, these experiences that they really force themselves to go through to uh, or go, go through with, um, you know, really shaped them for the future. About uh, 30 or 40 seconds left here, and they did the, made those decisions to do that, to make those bold moves with no guarantee of a return on the investment in time. Exactly right. That's all that they got was a shot, a chance. You know, there, uh, a, a girl who was a Division II athlete uh, had, a, you know, decided to walk onto UConn, gave up her scholarship, you know, just like Todd did to do that. No safety net whatsoever, uh, but they decided to, to take a shot and really live their dream. And looking back, all of them are really glad that they did it, even though they had a lot of trials and tribulations and grief to go through. In the short term, they didn't get the playing time, but in the long term, big benefit for them. Some really inspiring stories. Uh, it's um, The Walk-On Method to Career and Business Success uh, by Jim Roddy. Where can folks follow you on Twitter to find out more? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Jim underscore Roddy, R-O-D-D-Y, and they can buy the book on Amazon. Just search for The Walk-On Method. Good uh, stocking stuffer for the holidays. Jim, thank you, and good luck with the book. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Got a Kentucky angle to the story, too, with Todd Swoboda. It's neat. Um, So it's the walk-on method to career and business success. That will do it for us. Have a good day, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leechreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leech Report.